0: Hello, my friend. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about a major shift that has occurred in the relationship between government and business. It is big. I've seen it happen. Uh, For example, the Clean Air Act of 1970 authorized the government to regulate air pollution. The Inflation Reduction Act, which was just signed into law, allocates more than 300 billion dollars to be invested in energy and climate reform, including 30 billion in subsidies for manufacturers of solar panels and components, wind turbines, turbines, inverters, batteries for electric vehicles and the power grid. So do you notice the difference? 1970 to 2022? Look, make make no mistake about this. The Inflation Reduction Act is a large and important step towards slowing or reversing climate change. But it also illustrates the nation's shift away from regulating businesses to subsidizing businesses. From 1932 through the late 1970s, the government mainly regulated businesses. This was the era of regulatory agencies. The alphabet soup begun under Franklin D. Roosevelt, including the SEC, ICC, FCC and so on, culminating in the EPA of 1970. The government still regulates businesses, of course. But the biggest thing the federal government now does with businesses is subsidize them. Consider Joe Biden's largest accomplishments in his first term. The CHIPS Act uh, with $52 billion of subsidies to semiconductor firms. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. 50, well actually $550 billion of new spending on railroads, broadband, the electric grid, among other things. The Inflation Reduction Act, as I noted, more than $300 billion in energy and climate reform. Now, this shift from regulation to subsidy is not just the Biden administration's; Uh, It has characterized every recent administration. Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed delivered $10 billion of subsidies to COVID vaccine manufacturers. Obama's Affordable Care Act subsidized the healthcare care and pharmaceutical industries indirectly through massive subsidies to the purchasers of healthcare care and pharmaceuticals. And Obama also spent some $489 billion bailing out the financial industry. Before the 1970s, we would have done all this differently, or I should say before the 1980s. Instead of subsidizing broadband, semiconductors, energy companies, vaccine manufacturers, healthcare and pharmaceutical businesses, and the financial sector in order to obtain desired public outcomes, we would have regulated them. If this regulatory alternative seems far-fetched today, that's because of how far we've come from the regulatory state of the 1930s through the 1970s, to the subsidy state beginning in the 1980s. Why this big shift? Because of the change in the balance of power between large corporations and government. Today, it's politically difficult, if not impossible, for government to demand that corporations and their shareholders bear the costs of public goods. For one thing, corporations now have more political clout than any other player. Spending by corporations on lobbying increased from one point four four billion dollars in 1999 to three point seven seven billion in 2021 and is on track this year to exceed four billion dollars. I saw this firsthand. Bill Clinton's plan for universal health care was blocked by the pharmaceutical and healthcare care industries. Obama got the Affordable Care Act by paying off these industries all but guaranteeing them huge profits from a massive inflow of newly subsidized customers. The tidal wave of corporate money that I'm referring to has been accompanied by the globalization of American corporations to the point where many are able to play off nations against one another demanding government bribes in return for where they create jobs and do their cutting-edge research. The new CHIPS Act is a flagrant example of how powerful semiconductor manufacturers, such as America-based Intel, can extract billions of dollars in a global shakedown for where they will make semiconductor chips. Many of the subsidies now being handed out to corporate America come in the form of tax credit, which in economic terms are exactly the same as government spending. I'm including in this post two quite important charts, one showing a dramatic decline in corporate income tax revenue as a share of the total economy starting in the 1990s and the second showing stock prices dramatically increasing compared to median family income. Both of these are closely related to the phenomenon I'm talking about, the shift from a regulatory state to a subsidy state. Now, now in the 1980s, I was involved in a national debate over what was called industrial policy. The question then, put simply, was whether the government should subsidize certain industries that generate large social benefits in the form of new technologies. I argued that the government was already engaged in a hidden industrial policy, disguised, for example, as grants to aerospace and telecom industries by the Department of Defense and to the pharmaceutical industry by the National Institutes of Health, and that it would be far better to do industrial policy in the open, so that the public could assess what it was paying for and getting in return. Opponents, which included just about every Republican, were indignant at the very idea that government ought to be intruding on their blessed free market. How far we've come. Republican Senator John Cornyn, in arguing recently for the CHIPS Act, was explicit in his support for industrial policy. But large corporations really don't need the government's help. The decades long shift in power to them has transformed industrial policy into a system for bribing them to do what government once demanded of them. As their price for being part of the American system.